Thanks for taking a moment out of your time to listen to Discussing Who. Want more comic book-related content? Then check out the Discussing Who YouTube channel. It's all about discussing comics. Visit youtube.discussingwho.com and subscribe. Again, you can go there easily, youtube.discussingwho.com. And now, on with the show. Spoilers. 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 Welcome back, everyone. This is episode number 79 of Discussing Who, and tonight we are going to be taking a trip to another podcast, a Terminus podcast, if you will, because Clarence and Lee are not with me tonight, but I have a very special guest, and it is none other than the host of the Terminus podcast, Nicole, who I will let pronounce her own last name because we had a cool uh, conversation just now. So, Nicole, sh- share. Uh, my name is Nicole Mazza. <laughs> you know, it, it, it's funny because um, Nicole and I were just talking before we got started recording, and we were talking about, and I'm sure any of you guys listening have probably encountered this too, the first time you hear a name, whether it be... <laughs> Uh, my own name, anybody else's name, or whatever. And when you read it, something sticks in your head. And now I'm hearing you on your podcast say one way and my brain says another. And I was like, I'm just going to let her say it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I definitely understand that. So I read your name for the first time back earlier this year when uh, Clarence Lee and I were attending Hulanta and obviously Atlanta, and we communicated um, online. And yep. um, so tell us, you, you know, you, you've said on your own podcast that you've pretty much attended even whenever it was TimeGate. Yes, I did. So tell- yeah, I, I even looked it up just to try because I was like, how long have I been going? And I've been going since 2009, so I've been nine times. Wow, cool. Yeah. <laughs> so tell, you know, I, I've listened to one of your earlier episodes, and you were talking about that specific thing. It was episode number 27, and we'll have this in our show notes, where okay. you had seen Hulanta grow and, you know, uh, change over the years. What... With you being from Atlanta and you, you know, that's a local pod, I mean, a local convention for you. What, uh, what's the biggest change you've seen? Well, it's certainly, uh, probably the two biggest I can think of is they've changed locations because they keep getting bigger and bigger. But the other thing is they've actually gotten bigger guests. And, uh, one of the things was, as you said, it used to be called TimeGate. And that was because it was a Doctor Who and Stargate convention right? Uh, with, you know, other stuff, too. But they kind of took off the Stargate part um, when they became Hulanta. And so I guess that gave them more money to get bigger guests. And so we're getting more high caliber guests. Like I remember for I believe it was. Yeah, it was the 50th anniversary year. We got Colin Baker and that was the first doctor we'd ever had at the convention. 
And so it's been pretty good. They've been getting really good people. And speaking of Colin Baker, you guys in Atlanta must have had some type of Southern hospitality going on (laughs) for him to want to come back again. Yeah, I mean, that was his second time at the convention he went to this year, because uh, I met him back before, and he just apparently really loves it, so I'm I'm happy that he really, like, I mean, the people that run the convention are really great people. I mean, some of them are friends of mine, and I just think he really likes us, which I'm certainly happy to know, and that it, that um, Louise Jameson, I think, had canceled, and he's the one that got Nicola Bryant to come. Really? So. Yeah, like he called her up. And so, yeah, and basically he said, I think, at the one of the panels that he was happy to tell anybody to come. So that makes me happy. So did you get, because I know, you know, obviously you do a podcast. Did you get um, to go to the uh, press briefing this year, you know, at the beginning on Friday? No, I haven't done any press briefings or anything. I've actually, I've never even done an interview. I'm like terrified of interviews, but um, I think I will do it at some point, but um, I didn't get to go to that at all, unfortunately. Well, if you don't mind me uh, mentioning something that you mentioned in uh, your episode on Knock Knock, and I'll talk about Knock Knock here in a minute, but um, you mentioned something that I just wanted to follow up and say was an absolute brilliant idea, which was the idea that there are so many podcasts that go to Atlanta, so many people that... We should have some type of whether, you know, it doesn't have to be anything official, but while in 2018, when everybody's there, is to have some kind of uh, meet and greet or meet up of all the podcasts. I mean, that was a brilliant idea. So um, kudos to you. Yeah, I mean, it's weird that I, I think I even had posted that right before the last one. I think that's even how we got in touch. I think so, too. Yeah. And um I, I just, you know, I'm I'm really shy, but I still, I like the idea of talking to other podcasters. And so many of us listen to each other's podcast anyway, or, you know, we might just get to know each other. And I don't know, I think that would be fun. I think it would be uh, fun, too. So uh, I mentioned um, to Clarence, and I've not had a chance the last couple of days to talk to Lee, but I mentioned to Clarence, you know, I was like, you know, hey, uh, Nicole, um uh, had this idea. And I said, I think it's a great idea. What do you think? And he was like, yeah, let her know anything we can do, you know, to help organize. We'll be glad to. So we're extending anything we can do to help you uh, set up a meetup. You just let us know. We'll be glad to help. Oh, great. Great. Because, yeah, there's like a little one of the Earth Station Who Network, which is a local network, and some of their podcasters get together. But I think like we should just get everybody together, you know, the more the merrier. Yeah, I mean, you know, the the more the merrier. And, the, you know, the cool thing is that you've got, there's never, an, or I was saying you've got so many Doctor Who podcasts, but on the flip, there's never an, uh, too many Doctor Who podcasts. Exactly, exactly. Because, you know, if I listen to your podcast, I'm going to get a, a different perspective than what um you know if i were to listen to ours or if we were to listen to verity or if we were listening to earth station who or etc and so forth right right so um 
Before I get to knock knock, because I, I, I want to, I'm going to definitely get to knock knock. But I want to <laughs> uh, talk about you for a second. So I want to get into the mind of Nicole, and what oh, I mean gosh. by that is, um, <laughs> how did you discover Doctor Who? Okay, um, so back, oh my God, I think it was around 1986. I was in eighth grade um, in high school. Our our high school started in eighth grade for some reason. Um, and I, it was early on in the year and I used to eat lunch really quickly, uh, cause I didn't really have many friends and I would go to the class that was my next class and I would sit outside the classroom and read before class. And there was this other girl that would sit with me and she was kind of a nerdy girl too. And so we got along and she, her and I were talking about television shows and at the time, I was like a really big fan of uh, the Tomorrow People and uh, Into the Labyrinth and Children of the Stones, like a lot of sort of British sci-fi fantasy sort of stuff. And she said, well, do you like Doctor Who? And I said, I've, I've never heard of that before. What is that? And she said, oh, God. Okay, you have to turn on PBS on Saturday nights and watch this show. And that got me hooked on the show. And we would talk about it every week. And we even did like little role playing on the telephone where she would play a time Lord and I would play the, the companion. And, and it was, uh, it was really fun. And that's, um, that's how I started watching. It was, um, I didn't realize at the time that the episodes that were playing were not the current episodes Okay. at the time. It was, um, it was season. Oh God, I can't remember if it was season 14 or 13, but it was the one I always remember it was uh, Sarah Jane's last season and when Leela comes on. Right. Because my first memories of the TARDIS were that secondary console room. Oh, wow. Which is only okay. in that series. So I always remember that. But that's how I got into it. It's been quite a while. So so, yeah. so that makes Tom Baker your first doctor. Tom Baker was my first. Yeah, and even though I think Colin was technically the incumbent at that time. Got you. So who is your favorite doctor? My favorite is actually the seventh doctor, Sylvester McCoy. All right, curious. And I'm going to ask you, uh, I'll tell you in a minute why I said curious. And then, but first I want to ask you, what about the seventh doctor clicked with you? Um, Okay, so the thing is, when I first saw his episodes, um, I was a teenager and I was kind of like an angsty punk teenager i mean not like punk and I, I was mean but i was like an, anti-establishment and kind of nonconformist, and uh i haven't really changed but anyway um so was the seventh doctor and ace especially ace kind of had this sort of punk vibe to her and the seventh doctor was really about uh kind of taking down the government and that sort of thing but he was also really fiercely protective of his companion and the people that he cared about and so, I don't know, I just really clicked with that, and I felt like the show just kind of was really pushing itself in different directions and trying out new things and had a new energy to it, which I didn't realize at the time was because Andrew Cartmel like, brought in a whole bunch of writers that were young, and some of them hadn't even written for television yet, and so there was just this new voice on the show, and I just, I don't know, I just really liked the energy of that era. So did the, did did it offer any new insight when you started reading up and learning and knowing that this is during the 
behind the scenes with, uh, you know, Colin Baker basically being fired uh, because of Michael Grade and then, you know, um, Sylvester McCoy coming in and basically Michael Grade having it out, in my opinion, for Doctor Who to ultimately see it canceled. Yeah, I mean, the one thing that I found was interesting was because of that, I feel like, I can't remember, I think it was Andrew Cartmel that said um, that because they were kind of on the hit list, they were also kind of on the ignore list, so they could kind of get away with a few more things because not everybody was watching. So I feel like the behind-the-scenes aspects in that way kind of made them uh, have the the space to be a little more experimental, I guess. I don't know. No, no, that's, that, that, that's, that's, you know, that's good. And it's, and it ties right into what Lee countered what I'm about to say with. And my point that I, and the reason I said interesting earlier, (laughs) out of all the original doctors, Sylvester McCoy's doctor for me was my least favorite. And I'll tell you why. Um, I don't. I liked. I had no problem with Ace. I mean, I, I liked Ace, but I did not like for some reason her calling him professor or prof. Uh, yeah. But but the nonconformist, I could see that. You know, I mean, I get that. <laughs> so I had not looked at it from that perspective. But what Lee made, a, and I didn't like the production value of it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I know it was much better, and it was the '80s. But I also know that it was much better than if you go back and you look at uh, Hartnell's era. But uh, Lee made a comment whenever I said something similar one time, basically to the point of look at what they were able to do with all the back uh, scene stuff going on that we didn't know about and getting their budget cut and blah, 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 blah. And they were still able to push out some interesting stories. Right, exactly. Yeah, their budget was really bad from – what I understand. Um, yeah. Like Andrew Cartmel has a book that's basically his diaries about back then and just reading it, just what they were up against was really challenging, but they still got it done. So would it be safe to say it is ACE or is it another companion who fills in the uh, title of your favorite companion? <laughs> Actually, my favorite companion is Martha Jones. Really? Uh, yeah. My uh, so like I have two things I like in companions. I like either the really smart ones, so like you know like Liz Shaw and Zoe, and you know like really intelligent ones. But I also like really strong, independent ones, like I guess Leela, who was basically my first companion. Uh, so I feel like Martha has both of those things for me, and so I just I've. I think she's very underrated as a companion and she's definitely what made me fall in love with the new series. I was a little slower to love the new series, but when she came along, I was like, Oh yes, yes, this is what I like. So, so, so when you say that, um, it was a little, you know, it took you a while to get into the new series. What was it about it initially that gave you a reservation or that you were like, Mm, I'm not quite sure of it yet. Well, okay. First of all, to be totally honest, I didn't start watching it right away because I had this fear like, oh, God, they're remaking it and it's going to ruin my childhood or whatever. 
And um, so it took me a while. And then a friend of mine or a couple friends of mine used to go to this uh, friend I didn't know yet, but to their house. And they would have this thing. They called it single malt who. And it was uh, he or she would have a thing with uh, where you drink single malt whiskey if you wanted to. And watch the newest Doctor Who episode. Okay. And so I was like, okay, I'll go check it out. What what could it hurt? And so actually the they played a two parter that time and it was Impossible Planet and Satan Pit. Which were I actually thought they were good stories. So my first new doctor was actually the tenth doctor. Okay. All right. Um so then I was like, Okay, this is good and I went back and I watched it. But I think for me it was two things. One is I don't like Christopher Eggleston's doctor very much. Like I like him as an actor, but for some reason I always felt for me, and this is totally my opinion, but I felt like he was a person playing at being the doctor, but not the doctor. And I just, I don't know. It just, his, his performance never clicked with me. And then I just, I really don't like Rose. I I feel so terrible, but she's just like hits all my note buttons. Like I really don't like her character. And so it kind of wasn't until she left that I started to like the show a little better. It's okay. So, so here's, here's going to be my take on uh, the first doctor and Rose or the, or the first uh, series. Yeah, Yeah. Of the new series. You know, I had seen Doctor Who, of course, as you know, as as a child, I had been re assimilated to Doctor Who before the um, show came back on the air in you know two thousand and five. But having said that, whenever I first saw it, I was captivated by the fact not that it was Christopher Eccleston, not that it was Billy Piper, more so that it was Doctor Who. Yeah, you know, I can see that. And the fact that this was me watching it, whatever it was, watching it new. Because even, you know, when we were watching it on PBS, we weren't watching it new. We were watching repeats or a couple of years behind. So, right. so when it uh, came out, I had someone that I work with that got me episodes because you remember uh it was over here back then it wasn't same day airings it was right it a was year like later a year off yeah so when it was airing in 2005 i would get the episode probably about a week later and right. uh you know i remember watching it and thinking oh you know this is this is really cool the only thing i think or the biggest thing that i think that hurt Eccleston the most was a day or so before or after the first episode aired, the Rose episode aired, you get news that he's leaving. Oh, yeah, I'd heard that. Yeah. You know, like, I mean, I already knew he was leaving by the time I was watching him because obviously I was watching David Tennant first. But yeah, I can imagine that would really affect things. So when he, but but, but I will give him the. the credit to the fact of when he did the regeneration with the uh, Rose, you know, you were fantastic. Uh, you've seen me say fantastic before. Yeah. So I, it's obviously something that stayed with me and it's one of the lines that I've memorized. So is he like, Oh, one of my greatest uh, doctors? No. Uh, 
and and the same thing for Rose. It um, I will give Billy Piper and the Rose character credit in saying, had Rose not worked, we would probably still be talking about old Doctor Who episodes if we sure. were even talking today. Right. So, um, who who else? companion-wise in New Who have you enjoyed? Oh. <laughs> I like a lot of them, actually. I like Donna. I actually like, weirdly enough, Amy is probably the most similar to me, uh, but more like a younger me, like a 20-year-old me. I'm Amelia like in my Pond. 40s now. Yes. But um, but I did watch her going, oh, my God, that was me when I was young. Um, yeah, I like, I love Bill. I Actually, I love Clara. A lot of people don't seem to like Clara, but I, I like her. I, yeah, I, I'm pretty easy on most of the new series companions. You know, you, uh, you, you got brownie points, by the way, with Clarence. I'm sure when he listens to this, because he is a big Clara fan. Um, <laughs> I, I, I had, I like Clara with the eleventh Doctor. I did not like Clara with the twelfth Doctor. Right. You know that that in deep breath where. She does the whole, you know, I don't feel like I know you anymore. You've changed too much. Um, yeah. That didn't, that, that kind of ruined the character for me. But, I can see that. Um, but, you know, hey, you, uh, you got brownie points, so that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> um, so let me ask you about episode Knock Knock. And for any okay. of you guys listening, that is the episode where at the end of Hulanta, or right in the middle of Hulanta, there is an airing of Knock Knock on the floor, and right. <laughs> I I give you credit because you gave a analogy of Knock Knock, whereas when uh, we were talking about this and discussing who, and we recorded uh, Podshock about a week ago doing a Knock Knock uh, review. I remember saying I hated the bugs. I did not like the episode. Meh. So uh, <laughs> I really like what you said about the uh, show and your analogy. So share what you said about how you see Knock Knock. Oh, gosh. I'm trying to even remember what I said now. <laughs> uh, fairy tale. Kind of give you a hand. Oh, oh that it was um, that the the story was basically like a fairy tale. I'm trying to remember what I said. No, that that, that was pretty much it, uh, Nicole. Oh, okay. Seriously, it was, um, you know, basically that it had so many parallels to different things that we've read about. You mentioned Rapunzel that, okay. you know, nobody really thinks about that somebody climbing up some woman's, you know, you're pulling her hair out of her head, basically. Right. You know, nobody <laughs> thinks about that. Or when when you were talking about that, I was thinking uh, in the original Cinderella stories, the wicked stepsisters, I think, cut off their toes trying to get into the uh, ruby, I mean, not the ruby slippers, the glass slippers. Right. right. So nobody, nobody never thinks about that. So cool way to look at Knock Knock, I guess. Yeah, you know, I try to try to take the positive spin on most of the episodes if I can. <laughs> Yeah, and you did, and that that for me was the least favorite of the season. But let me ask you, what was your highlight of this particular season? Ooh, um, okay, I two just popped in my mind at once, which is kind of sounds vaguely schizophrenic, but um, I really liked 
the pilot a lot because I really like stories about professors being maybe that's why I like the professor thing with ace but like a professor kind of taking a student under their wing and and teaching them and I really like that whole aspect of the doctor with Bill and then I really really love the whole uh the Mondasian Cybermen of the the finale especially the uh episode the first part of the finale, which I'm totally forgetting the name of. Uh, 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 oh, wow. Now, so have I. Uh, uh, went out of my mind. Uh, 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 the other one was the Dr. Falls and World Enough right. in Time. Yes. That one especially I thought was amazing and really creepy. I mean, Rachel Talalay is great as a horror director anyway. But just to, oh, wow. I just, that one, I've always liked all the different Cybermen. In fact, I'm kind of a Cybermen fangirl in a way. I know they don't always get portrayed very well, but they're one of my favorite, uh, I don't know if you call them villains, I guess villains of Doctor Who. And I really like the way that they had this sort of kind of creepiness, but like the slow creepiness where you had the, you know, the patients were, you kind of slowly saw them being converted. And I found that that was a lot more creepy than, uh, you know, some of the other stuff because they, you still had the humanity there, which I find is, uh, I'm going to make a a classic reference, but in the story revelation of the Daleks, the six doctor story, um, it's not always the best serial, but I do love that scene where it has the, the father that's in the glass Dalek and he's talking to his daughter and he's being converted into a Dalek in the middle of the conversation. And it's just that creepiness of going from human to machine, but right in front of us that I just find really great. And I love the way they did that in the finale. Oh yeah. And did you know, I mean, well, I'm sure you probably saw news that John Sim was returning before he would, you know, return. Right. So yeah. did you know that that was him in disguise or were you I shocked? Actually, I did not know. I knew that he was coming back and it was funny because once he revealed himself, I was like, oh, I should have known that. Yes. But I, I didn't click in it. I think I was just so engrossed in the story. I wasn't looking for anything which is good because that's not always not fun either it's kind of like ooh, what's going to happen when's the master going to show up you know i assumed he'd probably be in the very last episode you see so, that was me too or i actually felt like and we did it was true we did see him at the very end right but i i knew and i wish that we lived in a uh, generation where we didn't have spoilers the way we have them now you know, oh, yeah. but uh, so, I, I mean, I think that would have made it such a much better reveal if you had not have known that he was coming back. But still, I did not know. I'm like you. I had no clue until he took, you know, until he was standing there with her. And right. I was like, oh, wow, that's him. Yeah. And, when he started saying, what was it? Something like I've been here before and yes. you don't remember. I don't even remember what it was, but I was like, oh. Uh-oh, what? <laughs> yeah. I'm so glad that Missy had the story that she did. But yeah. in on the same sense, I wish that Michelle Gomez would have sticked around because I really liked Missy. 
Oh, me too. I love her. Um, I've always been just a big Delgado fangirl, and I still am. But uh, she's right up there. She's she was really good. She was. I mean that that character. Now, uh, you know, I know there's a lot of things that Moffat has contributed, but for me, uh, and I know a lot of people. Let me say this: are ready for him to go. But for me, uh, there are two things that he contributed to Doctor Who that I will be forever Whovian grateful uh, to him for. And those two things are Missy and River Song. Yeah, definitely agree there. What would you consider, or, or well, since we're talking about the finale, I'll stop and not uh, ask that question yet. So uh, we get to the end of you know, the finale. And for any of you watching, we are assuming that you've, because uh, we've had a lot of spoilers already. So we assume right. that you've already watched, but if you haven't put us on pause and, <laughs> you know, you've already been spoiled enough, put us on pause because it from this uh, point forward, as River would say, spoilers. 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 <laughs> so, um, the scene at the end uh, when you have Bill the Cyberman walking in the uh, battlefield. Tell me about that. Did you did you break down, or was it? Uh, oh gosh, when she finds the doctor the, yes. and he's he's unconscious and dead i guess at that point yes yeah especially when she bent down and you realize it's her and she's so cut up you know about the fact that he's dead and you know because they went off you know separately to try to deal with the cybermen but i think probably she thought you know he would survive and yeah, it definitely broke my heart. I was certainly, certainly crying. And then, you know, the whole part with her taking him back to the TARDIS and, well, uh, her girlfriend taking them back to the TARDIS. But, yeah, that was, I was in floods of tears. Yeah. I will totally admit that. So, so that one, I have to give it credit. Of all the things that I've recorded over the years, that was the first one where I actually choked up when when we were recording our oh. episode, uh, and I was trying, you know, I was going to mention it to Lee and Clarence, and I actually like my voice kind of cracked because, oh. and I was picturing it because to me that whole scene, the way they played that out, and it is to me one of the best redeeming. And I'm tying this back to Knock Knock, one of the best redemptions for Knock Knock, because. <laughs> I say that um, Bill did not know that um, the doctor could regenerate. Right. Because he never told her in Knock Knock. She said, what's regeneration? And he says, oh, well, we, oh, you know, enough questions. We'll talk about that later. Exactly. So, so in her eyes, it was what you said. He was dead. Yeah, because I feel like didn't she even – it's been a while since I've seen it, but I feel like she was even like, oh, God, how can the universe you know, live without you sort right. of thing? And, and yeah, it was really moving, and um, it kind of reminded me of um, – you know, there's that whole thing in Turn Left with the 10th Doctor where he dies because he chose to die. And I guess even there's the Master in uh, Last of the Time Lords where you have this whole thing in the new series about – they don't have to regenerate. They can just die. And 
So I I knew that he wasn't likely going to die, but there was still that kind of moment where I was just as worried as Bill was. And yeah, it was very emotional. So what would you consider to be your favorite Doctor Who story? Um, okay. <laughs> I have a, a favorite classic story and a favorite new series Excellent. story. Go for it. Tell that, us. That helps me out. Like, okay. So my favorite new series story is Amy's Choice. I love Amy's Choice because it's a total meta episode. They couldn't do that every week, but I love the way it picks apart the mythology of Doctor Who. Like, I just love it so much. Um, my favorite classic story <laughs> for people who ever listen to my podcast is uh, The Curse of Fenric, which I'm, it's a seventh Doctor story. I'm considering making a Curse of Fenric alarm because I mention it so often that, like, <laughs> just for every time I mention Curse of Fenric on my podcast, I'm just going to make a sound or something because it's, yeah, I love that story. I refer to it a lot. All right. So um, what do you think about the casting of Jodie Whittaker as the 13th Doctor? Oh, I'm super excited about it. I already liked her as an actress and I'm really interested to see what they're going to do with this. Um, I haven't been, I was one of those people that I would have liked to have a female doctor, but I'm also one of those people that thinks whoever is the right person for the job is the one that'll get picked. I feel like generally they've had really good luck. And so I kind of just, I never speculate on who it should be and, you know, whatever, uh, but when she was announced, I was very surprised and very happy. And I think it should be really interesting. I, I'm not sure what they're going to do with it, but I'm hoping it'll be really good. Have you seen the news this week about the cast that they, you know, that they've announced the companions? I did. It was. <laughs> I just recorded the other day uh, a giant happy fandom time, which is a segment on my podcast about happy things. I just did a podcast of nothing but happy things. And it was I finished it right before that announcement. <laughs> so I was like, oh, but yes, I'm very excited about that. I don't know the two actors. I feel like they were on Hollyoaks. You're I correct. Remember, but, you are correct. Um, but I don't I have never seen them in anything. I know. um uh, uh, Bradley Walsh. Um, I know that he has more of a comedy background from what I understand, but I know him from uh, Chibnall's other show, Law and Order UK. Okay. Uh, he was in that, and he was really good in that. He was actually not a comedy character in that. He was a, a police officer. And, and I think, really and I don't mean to interrupt you, but I think it. Uh, Dave Cooper said that he was also on a soap over there called Coronation Street. Oh, I wouldn't doubt it. Everyone's on that, I think. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's one of those shows like Coronation Street and The Bill, I think, like every actor's been on. <laughs> but, yeah, and he was apparently, I saw a clip, he was in a movie with, uh, I think it was Peter Capaldi, and it. I think it was Paul McGann, and he was in this movie. It was called, like, The Hotel or something. I've been meaning to look it up. I haven't found it yet. But. Interesting. Now, yeah. there was another actress uh, who they said, and I had to read it a couple of times to get it, but it said Sharon D. Clark in a returning role. And when I first read it, I'm like, hmm, she doesn't look familiar. And then I was uh -huh. like, hmm, a returning role. What do you think? How do you interpret that? 
Huh. I'm trying to remember, like, ugh, I don't remember that part. Uh, yeah, it just, you know, it doesn't, yeah, she's not in the picture. She's not in the, okay. you know, she's not one of the four people. Um, right. She, uh, but, but she's listed as Sharon D. Clark in a returning role, but it doesn't say she's not returning to her role. She's right. in a returning role. So I think that's a little, uh, oh, I see what you're saying. you know, misdirection, mm-hmm. wibbly wobbly, we ain't telling you kind of thing. Yeah. Well, you know, the fandom answer is always, they're Ronnie. Yeah, <laughs> and you know what? That's what people are already saying. They're Ronnie. Yeah. I, you know, I don't know, because I, I think, okay, so when I hear the name Sharon Clark, I think of this Scottish actress that I've seen in a few things. I don't remember if that's actually who it is. Um, I do wonder who that's going to be. If it is that Scottish actress, that would be really good. But, um, yeah, that's, I that's, hadn't thought about that at all. That's very, very interesting. So I have a thought. If it is indeed the Ronnie, or, or <laughs> no, wait, if the Ronnie does return, I think right. it would be cool that if the Ronnie is now a male actor. Oh, yeah. That would be kind of cool. Or, you know, it could be Romana. It I mean, could be we Romana. know that she was supposedly in the Time War, but she was also in East Space. So, yes. I mean, that could be. I feel like the the big finish has a Romana three, but maybe there's a Romana four out there. Who knows? You know, yeah, she mm. she can uh, you know try out faces just like uh, exactly. Um, you know, <laughs> oh, I don't like this one. Which which the first uh, appearance of Romana, uh, where he's talking about her name and says, right. oh well, you know, I'm just going to call you, uh, you know. Uh, was it Fred? Fred? Yeah. And she was yeah. like, well, call me Fred. He was like, okay, well, come on, Romana. <laughs> oh, that was Yeah, funny. I love how she's just like, I'm just going to pick the face of Princess Astra that we just, you know, dealt with. And, you know, that's not creepy at all. <laughs> no, not creepy. Especially, it was not creepy. It was a, a, a word which was convenient considering that was the previous, uh, you know, episode. Exactly. <laughs> so you've mentioned your podcast. I've mentioned your podcast. So I want to ask a, l- a little bit about what made you decide to become a podcaster? <laughs> well, um, okay. Um, a few things, actually. Uh, a few things kind of happened in succession. Like, first of all, there's a, another podcast called Earth Station Who?, and they asked me to be a guest. This was before I was my own podcaster. And I talked about Cold War. And that was back in, I looked it up. It was April of 2013. And um, I was like, okay, this isn't as scary as I thought it would be. And I liked being able to talk about Cold War and being able to talk about the Ice Warriors of the classic show that some of the other people weren't as familiar with. And so it was nice to be able to kind of add a different voice on there. And um, the other thing was around that same time in 2013, uh, Verity started. And I remember one of the things they were talking about was there not being a lot of female voices out in the, in the Doctor Who podcasting world. And I know that within fandom, sometimes there's this assumption that female 
like fans are all kind of like this monolith. Like we all have the exact same views. Like we, we all hate Stephen Moffat and we all like Ten and Rose and we all like, I get that all the time. And I'm like, no, I, I love Stephen Moffat and I don't like Ten and Rose. And, you know, and I love the classic series. That's another thing. Like girls aren't supposed to like the classic series or something, but I just wanted to kind of have a different voice out there. And then um, I also thought, you know, I'm really shy. I have a lot of social anxiety. Maybe this will help with that. And I think it has a little bit. I'm a little less shy. But um, yeah, that was kind of what happened. I thought, why not? I'll teach myself how to do the, uh, you know, production part of it and give it a try. And if I have one person that listens, (laughs) that'll be good. And uh, it's been fun. It's kind of been an on off process. It's a little more work than I expected, but uh, that's basically what started it. And do you find yourself when you're uh, creating an episode, or do you, or do you, or let me ask you this, let me ask this a different way. Has doing a podcast changed your way of viewing as in any way different than before you were doing a podcast? Well, I know like when I was first doing a podcast, first doing my podcast, I found I was watching the episode in a very, with a very analytical brain and that's fine, but I wasn't really enjoying it in the same way. Um, I mean, I was, but at a different level. And so I kind of made a rule pretty quickly in that the first time I watch it, I'm just going to watch it as a fan and not even worry about like trying to make notes or think about it or anything. I'm just going to go in, immerse myself in the story and enjoy it or not enjoy it or whatever. And then I'll rewatch it. And that's when I'll take notes and, and, you know, kind of think it out and figure out like themes that are going on or, you know, that sort of thing. And so that it's changed it, but not on the original viewing, just on like the second or sometimes third or fourth viewing. So, yeah. So to make yourself feel better or to, or, or to make me feel better or, or to make us both feel better. <laughs> the interesting thing of what you just said was that right there is exactly what I do. Uh, oh, if I'm watching Dr. Who now, it's actually only, for Doctor Who. So if we're reviewing Stranger Things or if we're reviewing, uh, you know, one of the Marvel, uh, and I guess it's because I don't have that emotional attachment right. to those shows the way I do Doctor Who. But that first viewing of Doctor Who is pure fan enjoyment. You know, I'm not exactly. trying to dissect it, just like you said. But that second viewing is the pen is out and, you know, <laughs> here we're going and blah, 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 blah. Yeah, it can take me probably uh, like double the time to watch the episode because I'll pause and I'll write stuff down and sometimes I'll think about it and then I'll start it again. So I try not to do it like if anyone else is in the room because they're probably really annoyed because I'll replay and there's like a website that has transcripts. So sometimes I'll verify like what I heard, if that's what I you know really heard. And oh my God, yeah, I'm probably pretty anal about it honestly but you know yeah. i just like to to really dig into it and i like to have accurate information too so 
Good deal, good deal. Well, that's now now the transcripts. I have seen transcripts sites, but I mm-hmm. I have the closed captioning on anyway. So when I I kind of do that kind of as one thing, because whenever I rewind something, it's like I see it written right there. So that's yeah, you know, it's kind of right there. Um, I do that too. too. Let yeah. me ask you this: What about the name of your podcast? Terminus. Where did that come from? <laughs> I mean, I know it's a Doctor Who, but kind of elaborate. Right. Why choose that? Okay, so when um, I decided to make a podcast, I thought, okay, and then I thought, oh, yeah, I need to have a name. And having naming a podcast is it's a bit like naming a band, or even uh, you know, I'm in roller derby, so like being a getting a roller derby skate name. It's like all the good ones are already taken. So you kind of have to, to really think about it. And what I did was I tried to think about what was unique about my podcast or just something about it. And one thing I thought about was the fact that, and I think I say this in my intro, I never listened to it anymore. I just blonk it on the front, but um, it, Atlanta used to be called Terminus. And I think that comes up in The Walking Dead, which I haven't actually seen uh, more than a season of. But um, Atlanta was once called Terminus for a long time. And Terminus is also the name of a Fifth Doctor serial. And so I thought, oh, well, that's kind of a tie-in. And so I thought, oh, I'll just go with it. I never thought about the fact that people assume that that's one of my favorite serials now i've had people like i've gone on podcasts to talk about terminus and i've had people say oh is that your favorite serial i like it but i'm not like oh my god it's the greatest ever but um i like the tie-in with the name and i that was basically it (laughs) it wasn't like very deep (laughs) cool no 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 i like that and uh i like the fact that it is not your favorite because that is an assumption I myself had. I just yeah. ask it instead of asking, oh, is Terminus your favorite podcast or your <laughs> right. favorite episode? Instead, I say, what? Tell me about your favorite episode. Right. <laughs> so, um, so, yeah. But, yeah, I assume that, too. So it's a good conversation piece. Yeah, exactly. So and I don't mind people thinking that. It's just, it's just not. <laughs> I mean, Nissa leaves. I love Nissa. It makes me sad. <laughs> yeah, I like Nissa too. And yeah. um, that is also from the crowded TARDIS era, as they right. said. So let me ask you, kind of backtracking to our announcement of, you know, having three companions. Right. What do you think led the choice of having and we assume three traveling companions. It's not right. said, you know, they're, they're cast members, but it's not like said, said that they are all okay. going to be in there. But it, assuming that they are, what do you think about that as opposed to having a one or two? You know, I have kind of mixed feelings about it. On the one hand, I I like a lot of characters because then the other characters can sort of play off each other and not always just off the doctor. But I know like, especially during the fifth doctor era, um, they always had trouble. Like, what do we do with all these people? And so they'd put them off to the side and have them do something else that wasn't integrated into the main plot. I mean, sometimes that was okay. Like in the visitation, uh, Nissa goes to her room and, she makes the basically the thing that kills the pteroleptals 
And that's pretty awesome. I like that she goes off on her own and she does her own thing. But I also kind of want them to be with the doctor, too. And so then if you have too many people with the doctor, then it gets crowded. So I I don't know. I'm like, I'm kind of wanting to see how it goes. Sometimes it also depends on how those characters work off of each other. You know, sometimes they don't have chemistry with each other either. And so it's kind of, yeah. But, I mean, I guess the closest thing we've had to that is... Well, God, not even that. I was thinking like Rory and Amy, but that's only two people. But yeah, we haven't really had that in mm-hmm. a really long time. No, we haven't. I mean, I I guess, mean yeah, the, I guess Journey's End, maybe. But yeah, and Journey's point. End was like for thirty seconds, maybe. Right. You know, when they towed the Earth across the universe, which yeah, yeah. But I the still think that was that, cool. The better, <laughs> but it was still cool. You know, right. Uh, you had the oud singing in the background, so that was, you know, <laughs> right. still a good visual. Um, but yeah, I, you know, now that now that you said said that, I think the Nissa and the Tegan and the, you know that era right there is the last time we've had that crowded of a TARDIS. So yeah, I think you're right. Uh, simply, that is, I think you're right. The, that's the last time. We've had a crowded TARDIS because Amy and Rory, Rory was dead most of the time for the right. most part. And then Nordle was kind of like there and then they would go and then he was traveling. And, um, the, you know, maybe with Missy being in there, that was the, um, I guess, the crowdiness as it may have gotten. What are your expectations or your anticipations or your speculations of Christmas? Wow. Yeah, I Okay, so I haven't speculated a ton because I know if I if I get my hopes up too much, I'm going to be like depressed or something, but um I'm really interested to see David Bradley's performance because I loved him in um the uh, Adventure in Space and Time or the Time and Space. I always get that mixed up. Adventure uh, but, Adventure in Time and Space. Yeah, I had to think too. Yes. I always flip those for some reason. Anyway, I'm really curious about the two of them. I'm, I think it's going to kind of be a situation where they help each other regenerate, but I'm not really sure. I'm really, I, you know, I really don't know. I just hope it's a good story for Capaldi. That's really my biggest thing with it. Okay. So here's, there are two things that I hope, to see happen and uh one of which i think probably won't happen the other one is maybe a 50 50 that it could the thing i think probably won't happen is i would love even if it were only for 30 seconds i would love to see bradley's version of the doctor or capaldi or both go back and see susan Definitely, especially because we had Susan's picture on the desk, yes. and I was like, "Is this like a hint?" And maybe that it we're is. We're going to get her back. It may be, and and you know, even if it is nothing more than thirty seconds, I would love to see Carol Ann Ford just for those thirty seconds, and that would be amazing. You know, that would be amazing. Exactly. The, so that would be one thing that I hope to see happen. The other thing that I hope to see happen, and it would lead into explaining his choice of his face for uh, the 13th doctor is when the master 
shoots Missy. He shoots Missy because he says, I will never stand with the doctor. And she says, oh, yes, my dear, you will. And is walking off. And he shoots her and basically, quote, unquote, kills her. Right. But in the uh, scenes after that, and it could be that they were going to a different door where Nordle was going to. But I'm, I was noticing they didn't see a Missy body laying there. Right. So even, but even if Missy is gone, Missy is dead, Missy didn't regenerate or whatever, I would like the doctor to know that what he did, because he didn't know that she sided with him, right. I would Just love so to, for him to find that out. Yeah, because that made me super sad. Like, he didn't know that all the way up till the end, she was with him, which that made it so much sadder. I mean, I guess for me, I think that the fact, I I really don't buy that she's dead. Like, I mean, the master, he never dies. I mean, we even had the crispy master, you know, it's, I, I mean, she might regenerate. So it's possible that Chibnall will use a different person, but, yeah. Oh gosh, if she showed up in it, that would be that would be really amazing that, too. That would be cool. Now, yeah. let me say this: there is a rumor that, and and I won't come out and say what the rumor is. I've heard, but there is a rumor that Chibnall has a or an affection for working with people that he has worked with before. Right. So, hence that Jodie Whittaker, who he had worked with for three seasons of Broadchurch. And Bradley Walsh. And Bradley Walsh, who he's worked with before, are now in uh, Doctor Who. So would it not be interesting that if Missy did regenerate and that the doctor, I mean, that the master can maybe choose his or her face just like the doctor can influence his or her face. Right. Wouldn't it not be the perfect, like, eh, to the doctor to use the doctor's face? Wow. Like regenerate into Peter Capaldi? Or, or, or to regenerate into David Tennant. <laughs> You sound like a Tenant fan, girl. I am a uh, Tenant fan, but <laughs> I'm, just, I, I'm totally kidding. I, I love David Tennant. I'm totally but, kidding. But but but, um, but 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 considering that uh, you know he has this you know thing for working with people, that would that not be like an interesting twist that you never <laughs> had the, a doctor be a master? That would be really interesting, and definitely the master would. I mean, the doctor would totally. I don't know. That would freak him out, I'm sure. <laughs> but but look at the storyline potentials of you've got someone who is running around committing atrocities with the doctor's face. Right. That, but to me, would be so be, cool. Would they maintain Missy's uh, like, desire to be cl- you know close to the doctor? I mean, t- to be fair, I'm pretty sure the master has always wanted to be close to the doctor it just comes out really poorly right i but, agree but yeah i huh. yeah i don't know that that would be really wicked especially if the master wore the 10th doctor's clothes oh that would be even worse <laughs> that would be diabolical 
But 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 think of the storyline. Would do he would do something like that? Exactly, because how how much better to get revenge on the doctor than to be quote unquote the doctor? Right. <laughs> so I mean, if you want to go for storyline purposes, I think that would be quite clever. If anything, that would at least make a great fan fiction. But it would be amazing to see on screen. Yes, it would be. Absolutely, yeah. it would be. So, uh, no, go ahead. I, I think. No, I was just thinking, I'm trying to, I wonder if Chibnall would be that daring. Because he, I like Chibnall's writing, but he does tend to not be super um, experimental in his Doctor Who stories. He tends to be a little more on the trad side, where he's like a little more like old school. It, it, on the whole, I mean, he does a little experimentation, but I wonder if he would go that far. I don't know. I got to give him credit, though. He cast the first female doctor, so yeah, hey, that was pretty awesome. That was, and and uh, you know, I, he's he set the bar interesting. You know, it's it, it it's back into that anticipation mode for fans. You know, right, exactly. excitement mode. So um, we've talked a lot in the last hour. So uh, <laughs> I, I don't want to keep you, you know, too awfully long. So is there anything that uh, well, actually, you know what? I have a question, and okay. the question comes not about Doctor Who, but okay. uh, Clarence had left a question that he wanted me to ask you during our call, which okay. is, let me get that question up, and it is about Star Trek Discovery, Okay, and, and it was something that you posted about a theory for Ash Tyler. Oh, so he wanted me to ask what is ask Nicole if you would what is her opinion about who he may be and how he may be posing as a double agent. Well, I I don't know if this is I guess it's not a spoiler because it's it's considered like you know a theory. Okay, so but, um, double spoiler alert for anybody <laughs> that's listening for Star Trek Discovery. We've already given you a spoiler warning, but considering the fact that my spoiler uh, that is inserted after I say spoilers is uh, River Song, fair right. warning, Star Trek Discovery fans, spoilers. 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 Okay, so okay. you're free to go. Uh, <laughs> All right. So the thing is, and and I I will say that this is didn't come from me. I didn't notice it at first. Uh, I think I read it originally on might have been on Reddit. Um, but okay, so the actor that plays Ash Tyler, who I am totally blanking on because I'm on the spot. But anyway, I've seen him in several things. He's he's a really good actor. Um, anyway, somebody pointed out that the actor that plays, um, why am I forgetting everybody's name? But the, the, the albino, uh, Klingon, Klingon, who I'm totally blanking on too. So don't feel <laughs> bad. So am I. Oh my gosh. Um, um anyway, Bach, sorry, Bach or something. Yeah. Bach, maybe. Maybe. Okay. Is it Bach like the, the thing in the Damons? <laughs> I, I, I don't know. Well, let's just anyway. say the albino Klingon. Albino, yeah. There's probably someone yelling at me right now. I'm so sorry, Star Trek fans. Um, anyway, uh, someone pointed out that the actor that played him is a name that, if you Google, 
doesn't come up with anything other than Star Trek Discovery. Like hmm. that's his only credit. Hmm. And it's and it's a it's an Arabic name, much like Ash Tyler's actor has. I'm totally forgetting I don't know why. But anyway, um so there's some speculation that the last time we saw him, they said that he was going to have to go to this planet with the matriarchy of the Klingons and change everything about himself or something. And so there's some speculation that he has been changed into a human and he is undercover as a, he's really a Klingon and he is, that's who Ash Tyler is because his story is a little bit convenient. You know, he was, um, he was the lover of the one female Klingon and he was alive for six months in a Klingon prison and, and he's, you know, still in one piece. And I don't know, it's, it's kind of interesting, but then there's there's some speculation that it might be the captain that's the Klingon. So I don't know. Interesting. <laughs> but yeah, they might like completely switch it on us because it felt like in the last episode they were dropping all these hints that oh you you fight like a Klingon and you all this stuff that kind of felt a little bit over the top, like kind of in your face. And so I wonder if they're playing with the audience's expectations, but. I don't know. It could be interesting. De- yeah, it definitely sounds interesting uh, because uh, I knew that there was some duplicity going on there, but I didn't know, you know, the captain twist. I haven't heard that one yet. So that's, that's yeah, because he was, he was taken prisoner too. So we don't know who came back, you know, to the discovery. Interesting. I mean, who knows? So um, are you enjoying discovery? I am actually, I, um, okay. So as far as Star Trek, I've seen, Let's see, have I seen everything? I haven't seen all of Enterprise, but I wouldn't classify myself as a Trekkie. Like, I saw it when it aired on TV. I didn't really go back and watch it unless it was in syndication and I happened to be home and whatever. So um, my knowledge of the mythology and everything isn't super strong. But um, I don't know. I like it. It's very dark. It kind of reminds me of Battlestar Galactica, the new Battlestar Galactica. Yes, yes. I love um, that, by the way. Yeah, me too. Um and, I, you know, I really like it. I mean, I feel like the Orville's probably a little more like, you know, kind Star of... Star Trek proper. <laughs> yes, exactly, which I know some people hate when you say that. But I, I, that's what I think. But um, I, on its own merit, I am enjoying it so far. I can see why people wouldn't like it. But I'm trying to, like, not think too much about Star Trek past and just take it for what it is. And good way so to put far, it. it's been good. So Good way to put it. You know, yeah. the only fault that I will have with the show, and I've said it on Clarence's um, Star Trek Discovery podcast, which is um, I wish that it was set in the future because <laughs> yeah. then you could explain the look of the Klingon to me much better. But, right. but I'm in, you know, it's, it's the first time since Voyager that I've been like intrigued because um, you know I knew Voyager would have ultimately get home at some point you know I knew right. that would be the end game and then you know that would be the final episode but um, you know you knew that that was coming where with this you don't know who's going to survive to the next episode and I exactly. kind of like that 
Yeah, I mean, it's been it's keeping me on my toes, and and I like that. And I don't know who's going, you know, who's doing what, and who's the good guy and who's the bad guy. And yeah, I I found it really good so far. Okay, good deal. Well, we have answered Clarence's question, so uh, <laughs> I feel so bad. I forgot the actor's name. No, just, no, 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 that's fine. I mean, I put you on the spot, and 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 to be you know brutally honest, I almost forgot to ask the question. So, uh, right. and, you know, I can't, I can't, uh, I almost forgot that, so I can't uh, hold you accountable for forgetting the name. But what I can ask you is: Are there any questions that you had, or I- anything that else that you wanted to cover that we haven't covered? Oh gosh, um, I can't think of anything. Um, if, no. If not, I've got one <laughs> thing for you. If someone okay. wanted to find out more about the Terminus, a doctor or Terminus, as it is called, a Doctor Who podcast, how might they do that? Oh, um, the best way would be to go to the website uh, terminus.libson.com, which is the main site for the. Um, for Terminus. There is also a Facebook group and a Twitter, but those aren't really used very much. So I would definitely just go to terminus.libson.com. All right. Good deal. And those will be in the show notes. And um, Nicole, I want to thank you again uh, for coming on, spending your time with us. We definitely want to talk more about uh, the upcoming, because it will be, believe it or not, uh, it will be May 2018 before we know it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so uh, absolutely, we want to, you know, participate. And if and if need be, if you need uh, help getting that uh, up and going, we definitely want to, you know, help you in any way possible. Uh, but yeah. this has been a joy. Great. Uh, Thank you for coming on. And for any of, of you guys who are listening, make sure, you know, you check out uh, Terminus, a Doctor Who podcast, but also check out any of the Earth Station One podcast. There is pretty much uh, a flavor for any type of fandom that you've got. <laughs> uh, check yeah. them out at, uh, at the show link, uh, the link to the show or to this website to the ESO network will be in our show notes uh, below and on our website. So check that out. Uh, So if you are listening and you've got some feedback or any questions for Nicole or myself on anything we've talked about tonight, send that to us. We'd love to, uh, you know, answer those questions for you. And if you have any questions for Nicole, that's just an excuse for us to say, (laughs) we want you to come back on. I love feedback, and I'm also happy to always talk about Doctor Who. I I like classic series and new series, and I've seen everything that you can see and even some reconstructions. So I'm always happy to talk about it. All right. So anybody listening, again, thanks, Nicole. Anybody listening, uh, we thank you for your time, and we will be back next episode, which will be, I believe, episode 80, so 20 away from 100. So thank you for listening, everyone. Discussing Who is brought to you by Audible. You've probably heard of Audible, but just in case, they are the world's leading provider of audiobooks. They have more than 180,000 titles. Let me say that again. 180,000 titles to choose from. Imagine a genre. They've got an audiobook. And these files play on smartphones, Kindles, tablets, in fact, over 500 different devices. Now, for fans of Discussing Who, Audible is offering a free download 
when you start a new Audible subscription. And you can choose anything at all from that vast library. But we know you want to get one of their absolutely fantastic Doctor Who titles, which include New Adventures of the Doctor, but also Torchwood and River Song. And they're performed for you by actors you know and love. Wonderful voices, Tom Baker, Alex Kingston, David Tennant. The list goes on and on. So try it out for 30 days. And if at the end of the month you decide Audible is not for you, you still get to keep that Doctor Who book you downloaded. So look at it this way. Free Doctor Who book. So here's how you get started. Point your favorite web browser to audibletrial.com slash discussing who. That's audibletrial, all one word, A-U-D-I-B-L-E-T-R-I-A-L dot com slash discussing who. Also one word. And that's how you get your free book. What could be better than that? You've been listening to the Discussing Who podcast. Discussing Who is made by fans for fans. No copyright infringement is intended. Show us your fans of the show by liking us on Facebook, following us on Twitter. You can find us on the web at www.discussingwho.com. Want more Discussing Who? Find us on iTunes, Google Play Music, Player FM, the Doctor Who Podshock Alliance, and more. Send us your feedback to discussingwho at gmail.com, or if you'd like, simply record a voice message and send that to us via your smartphone, tablet, or computer. We want to hear from you.